1: All right, everyone. Welcome to the Pirates podcast to be named later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Eddie Provident. With me, as always, is my favorite Pirates beat writer, Alex Stump. Alex, how's it going? You're out in Washington, correct?
0: Yeah, uh, I drove down. Game got uh, rained out, so I got a fun doubleheader going Saturday. There you go. It's
1: the life enjoying uh enjoying the uh, sights and sounds in uh, washington or are you uh keeping it pretty mellow in the uh hotel room uh, tonight I'm,
0: I'm keeping it mellow
1: yeah they, no no they, they forced these uh <laughs>
0: on me so it's like okay i guess i'm just gonna be eating all my meals here so there
1: you go man there you go uh alex you had a really good mound visit uh this week on the base running and the stealing of bases by the pittsburgh pirates um and i that that made me want to dig a little deeper into how the pirates are doing what they're doing 18 and eight uh, at the recording of this podcast uh, number one team in the NL um, and just really surpassing every expectation that I think anybody had for this team. And, you know, we talk about that every, every episode now, but I wanted to dig in a little deeper and, um, Kind of wanted to see what's going on with this team based on the numbers. And I want to get a little, get into a little bit of Pirates talk, uh, with you guys or with you, uh, a little, uh, baseball nitty gritty. Uh, so right now, the Pirates, if you, if we break it down, they are tied for seventh in total runs, uh, total team runs. And they are at, uh, well, uh, tied for eighth now, I guess after the uh, after the Dodgers played, uh, they're at 132 runs. What's interesting about that 132 runs, Alex, is that the only team that is either tied with them or ahead of them in total runs that has less home runs uh, than the Pirates is the Baltimore Orioles. The Pirates are doing this all by small ball, Alex. They are in the top ten in team batting average top 10 in doubles, and number one in the, in the uh, majors and steals, which brings me to your mound visit. I love the fact that as soon as they get on base, they are looking at every possible way they can get runners into scoring position. I love that. And they're utilizing these new rules. Break down a little bit of your mound visit for those who haven't read it. Maybe don't go, you know, tease it there so so we get them to read it <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, what are you tribe, yeah. you're, you're around this team more than anybody what are you seeing about this team that is making the small ball so successful
0: i caught tark brock you know just in the hall one day in uh the last road trip in denver and you know just talking about the base running and he said you know one of the things i always tell our players you know in meetings is what would you do if you knew you weren't going to get caught like, if you weren't going to get thrown out, what would you do on the base paths? And that's the bouncing off point for how they approach this game. Hmm. And you can really see it. This is, we're seeing more steals across the league, but I wrote in that mountain visit, and this was before the Dodger series where they just took that, ramped it up to 11. They yep. stole 12 out of 13. <laughs> <laughs> they, they went crazy with it. Yep. They are stealing. More, their jump in steals is one of the most significant, if probably not the most significant. Now I haven't rerun the numbers since in all of baseball. This is the first time in the 21st or since like 2001 that they're averaging over a steal attempt a game, and it's well over an attempt a game. Like they're just, it's part of the identity of this offense. And after they won that uh, game on Thursday I guess the Dodgers to take the series one thing I brought up was hey you guys you know won your game you won the game your way and they're like yeah we played our game that was something that they were really proud of that they took on the Dodgers they played the way they wanted to play they took two out of three that was a matchup going in where like the Dodgers the discrepancy between how much they've stolen versus how many caught ceilings or how many stolen bases against them it's one of the largest in baseball if not the largest in baseball there was an opportunity there the pirates saw that they took advantage of it i think stolen bases oh i mean we know stolen bases you know fell out of favor the last couple years especially with the future mm-hmm. outcome game like it doesn't matter if you're on first or second with a home right run. but it does matter if you're caught stealing you know <laughs> and there's absolutely a home so They're moving off of that. There's more creation there. One thing I disagreed with, this lineup does have thump in it. One of the biggest spikes in hard hit rate, but more importantly, one of the biggest drops in strikeout rate. One of the biggest spikes in stolen base rate and a 300 batting average. Whenever there's a running runner in scoring position, that's a big reason why this team is 18.
1: And eight. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I don't think that if I made it sound like I was trying to say that they don't have thump, I don't, I definitely don't want to say that, uh, especially when O'Neal Cruz comes back, hopefully comes back healthy. Uh, they have a lot of pop in the lineup, especially for a lineup that doesn't have like a bona fide, uh, you know, 40 home run guy yet. Uh, I mean it, it and what it is is they're not depending on it though. They have it when it comes. Uh you know, Jack sawinski has been uh, proving himself after the first week and a half of the series or of the season, week and a half two weeks of the season. Uh McCutchen has been able to find, you know, the pop in his bat again. Uh we know that Reynolds can can do it. Um you know, Rodolfo Castro has been uh, just an absolute revelation at <laughs> the plate. He's been great to see that. Uh you know, even Connor Joe at times. You know, him and uh, Castro Connor go back Joe to back the other day. Right?
0: Yeah, uh, I flat out great.
1: Yeah, it. it to, they don't. It's not that they don't have pop. Um, I just think that they are playing baseball in a way that doesn't make them depend on home runs. And I think last year, a lot of baseball teams were playing baseball that depended on power. And the pirates aren't doing that. And I think what the pirates are doing is much more sustainable than depending on home runs for your offensive production.
0: Yeah, and that's something that even going back to 2020, 2021, whenever you know this player development new system was starting to take shape, they wanted to build this more athletic roster. They have been, you know, more athletic so far. It's something that's been brought up many times. It's not just relying on home runs, it's relying on getting on base creating some havoc whenever you get that chance. If you you don't have that chance, try to cash in other ways with the extra base hit, with the home run. This has been a very deep offense. They're doing a lot right at the plate. And like I said, I can't stress it enough. Biggest drop in strikeout rate, second largest jump in hard hit percentage. That's not normal for a team that was pretty horrible in every way you want to measure (laughs) You know, an offense last year.
1: Yeah, it's dude, I I just I keep coming back to what they're doing uh, especially after you know doing a little bit of research, I did for this episode, what they're doing is actually sustain- sustainable. I at at one point in time, and and Alex uh, brings up a good point. Not you, Alex. Alex Correa brings up a good p- uh, point. Oh, What's been. most impressive is it doesn't matter who sits, who plays. They expect to win. Everyone contributes. Doesn't matter who sits on whatever day. And I that's that brings me to my last point with this is that. What the Pirates are doing before, you know, before I did this, uh, the research for this episode, I was basically at the point where I'm going to enjoy a while it lasts. I don't see this team continuing to, you know, be dominant or be a top tier baseball team, you know, all the way out to the playoff race. Um, I'm starting to walk that back a little bit, Alex, because of a The point that Alex Correa brings up, that it doesn't matter. Everyone's playing their role. Everyone's contributing. But because of that and because of what we're talking about with the small ball, it's sustainable baseball. They're actually doing something that can last long term. They're doing something. They've found success with something that this lineup can keep doing. As long as they stay relatively healthy, as long as there's no other big injuries, I think that this lineup can continue to play baseball this way. And this way of playing baseball is going to put you in every game. You may not win every game, but you're going to be in every game for the most part when you have a lineup built the way they're building their lineup.
0: It's really going to be... I want to see how the league adjusts. I can see how the league was gobsmacked by such a paradigm shift at the start of the year. And Mm -hmm. that does not take a single thing away from the Pirates and what they have done. If anything, that is just great coaching that they saw something that the league wasn't prepared for, and you took advantage Advantage of it. That said, I've seen a lot of these stolen bases be because it's a double steal and the third baseman just didn't cover the bag. They were in a shift. They weren't paying attention. There are going to be ways at some point where the league adjusts. And I want to see how the league fights back against this because it has to happen. You can't allow a team to be stealing bases on you at 12 so, out of 13 times two, in the series. And the one caught stealing wasn't a caught stealing, it was a pickoff.
1: So, to, to piggyback off of that question for you, because you, you kind of alluded to this. Is this something that they locked into, or is this something that Ben Charrington no, no, built man, this no- built this team knowing that you know what the rule changes are going to significantly change how the game is played? So let me build a team that uh, you know kind of lends itself to those rule changes.
0: This is there's no luck with it. This was something that back in 2020 2021 they realized that if they tried to build a team three years in the future, and you know, If they tried to play 2020 baseball in 2020, 2023-2024, it wasn't going to work. They had to find a way to find that advantage. They did it. It's a product of good team building, building a more athletic roster, good coaching. Uh, T. Brock, I think his message has really resonated with players, and it's taken off this year. I think he deserves a lot of credit for what they have done on the base running side. So this isn't a coincidence. This wasn't something they looked into. This was them years ago setting on the path and being like 2023 is the year. The right pieces are in place. Let's try to hmm. take advantage of this.
1: I think it's a perfect place to put a pin in this and take a break because uh, you wanted to talk pitching and uh, there's a question in the comments that I think is perfect to well, uh, set you up with. A- wait.
0: We might have to wait for that one because someone doesn't want to check their text messages.
1: Oh, someone doesn't want to check. Okay. All right. We're going to put a pin on that uh, on this segment and on the pitching thing. Maybe we'll touch on it real quick. Uh, When we come back, uh, I'll read my text message and we'll talk about what he sent me. Uh, We're back. I just read my text message up on my computer screen here and it says uh, Reynolds segment two. So uh, let's talk about some Brian Reynolds, Uh, (laughs) Alex, since since my pitching idea got thrown out the window.
0: So much Brian Reynolds stuff the last couple days. It's like. Oh, yeah, we should do that for the podcast. We should, we should talk
1: like, about him a little bit. I, I mean, it's the not biggest he, story of the year. Maybe it's not like he it. just it's not like he just signed a you know $106 million contract or anything, Alex. I mean, like, well, it's nothing going on with them. No. no. So this is, this take this me is. through. Take us, me, the listeners, everybody take us through the time your timeline. I, I, I want to know, like, when you found out, like what your day was like uh, when this news dropped.
0: I mean, this is, this is just sending text. This is just, it, it, it kind of came out of the sky a little bit because, you know, a couple of days ago, I, I said, like, hey, is anything going on? They're like, no, we're, everything's hush, hush, you know, from now going forward. So it's like, okay, this is just going to fall out of the sky one of these days. And it fell out of the sky. And look, I didn't expect it to happen whenever the guy was on bereavement leave. I'll say <laughs> that much. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm more this is a deal that needed to get
1: done yep.
0: for a multitude of reasons. The most important being at some point, this organization needed to draw a line in the sand and maybe Reynolds is not 100% the best player for it. If, if that might be your, your opinion, I'm not saying he is or isn't, but Hayes was a good start last year. Mm-hmm. But you needed someone else. Hayes was willing to be the first guy through the door. But it was put very clearly to me. Like, he only signed that contract because he was convinced there's more money coming. And someone else was going to get it. And Reynolds was a very logical choice. He is an all-star quality outfielder. He is someone who is probably going to age fairly well for the next four or five years at least. You know, maybe not maybe he won't quite reach that 2021 peak as he did again but he is someone who is going to put in impact year after impact year it's a deal that needed to get done because i'm i really wonder what would have happened in this timeline if this deal does not get done and what what happens if they get to the one yard line and fumble does it mean that they eventually have to trade Brian Reynolds right now whenever we're starting to see the window start to open? You can't do that, but you also can't let a player of that magnitude leave for nothing, so they are put in a no-win situation. The deal needed to get done. It got done. There is a lot of <laughs> different people who had to make it possible. Bob Nunning is one of them. Ben Charrington is one of them. Brian Reynolds is a big part of this because yeah. even through it all, like this deal doesn't get done unless Brian Reynolds – Earnestly wanted to stay in Pittsburgh,
1: and I think one of the things that I haven't seen talked about a lot yet, and I'm sure we it will be talked about, is the impact that this is going to have on other guys, namely or mainly, um, you know, O'Neal Cruz. Uh, I think seeing the Pirates actually dish out legitimate money to a star, even if it's at a hometown discount, let's like, ignore. I know it's hard to do, but ignore the hometown discount for a second. The pirates have finally put up a hundred million dollar contract for somebody like O'Neill Cruz, that if he stays on the trajectory that he is on, he's going to be able to go out and command his number. Maybe if he says, if he sees, Oh, okay. They just paid key Brian. They just paid Brian. So maybe I'll stick around. Maybe I'll follow yeah, suit. And give I, a little. I, I don't want to go too far down the line here, I'm but I, I going, do think there's something I'm there. I'm not
0: going into this because Cruz and his agent weren't willing to sign the the offer that <laughs> the Pirates would, and that's why his contract <laughs> was renewed instead of he agreed to terms for the year. Like I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not looking past anything beyond Brian Reynolds right now.
1: And, I, I get what you're coming from. I just, yeah, my, my pushback on that is it It has to do something for the morale of the rest of the roster to does, see them does. finally say, you know what? This is our guy. We're going to pay him like he's our guy and we're going to keep him here. Even if it's a little uncomfortable for us as an organization it's that has to do something. Yeah.
0: It's a nine figure deal. They've never seen that before. That's something new. That's something important for the future of this organization. That's something that shows that it's not just trust the process, trust whatever. It's no. Brian Reynolds is in this lineup. Hayes is in this lineup. Those are two impact players. We can build around them. That's what matters. That's what really matters more about this deal than anything else. Yeah, and Building blocks for years to come. You have a message to the young players who are coming. I had... I've had conversations you know the last couple of years where they're like they wanted something like this to happen. They just wanted tangible proof that it wasn't always the guys who come up from the minor leagues are the only people who matter in this organization. no, it's Brian Reynolds he's here he matters he matters one hundred million dollars worth
1: yeah it it's it's nothing but good news and, and I mean if you think about what Pirates fans the city has been through you know we had the three years of playoff baseball and then right back down to you know where the Pirates have been for the majority of our lifetimes Um, and then to see it all happen this season early this season you know they they're 18 and 8 they're a competitive baseball team they're surpassing every expectation like we said in the first segment and then you know last year they signed key Brian Hayes this year they signed Brian Reynolds there's just there is starting to become a little bit of a groundswell. You know, we we've jokingly talked about the Pirates vibe, but there really is something to that. You know, I finally went to my first game of the season uh Wednesday night, uh, when they beat the Dodgers eight to one, uh, Rowanzi threw six beautiful sh- shutout innings. Um, there's just even on a Wednesday night, middle of the week baseball game where it's not a a huge crowd, but there's a buzz about it, man. There's there's a different feeling inside the stadium. People were excited. Uh, and honestly, dude, I, I gotta shout out the players too, because how I'm seeing the players interact with the fans. Like I was over by the bullpen taking photos, and the amount of time that Jason Delay and Austin Hedges spent with the little kids, just talking to them, goofing around, throwing baseballs at them, you know, that kind of stuff. The vibe is so different around this baseball team, and I can't help but think if this Brian Reynolds deal doesn't get done, that vibe is not the same. Because this deal got done, I think it took everything about this baseball team to a different level.
0: I mean, I I think it's more that vibe has. There's a much better chance that continues in the 2024 and 25 yep. and and yep. so on and
1: so. It's forth. just going to keep growing and building off of it. Yeah. Um we'll do one more segment i've got a question for uh for alex speaking of vibes i got a real vibey question for alex and uh i'm really intrigued about your answer on this one so we'll be right back segment three of pirates podcast be named later is coming up right after this we are back Alex I have a question for you I always have a question for you in segment three all right I said in the last segment to end it out that I was at the I finally made it to PNC Park for a baseball game Wednesday night one of the things that struck me and I texted you about this earlier this week the walk-up songs are elite this year like they're really quality walk-up songs and we've got some uh You know, I'm just gonna roll here A Bay Bay, which is perfect for G1 Bay. We've got uh, you know, BTS, shout out to my wife and her friends, uh, for G Man Choi. Uh, we've got some Lil Uzi Vert, we've got Wolf Mother in there, Will Crow with Wolf Mother. I love it. Um, we've got uh some some childish gambino from Connor Joe, uh Pearl Jam in there. Like there's a great mix, uh obviously renegade, um Back in Black for Brian Reynolds. Uh, just a lot of really good uh, good music. So my question to you, Alex, what would your walk-up song be if you had to pick one song? I,
0: I've been asked this so many times that I never have a good answer.
1: Well, I need a good answer on the podcast. Well, live, a on a live stream right they're now. Good. I need... I need at least Alex the
0: Stump- common decency this time to tell me I was going to be live streamed. <laughs> like last week.
1: So so we hear the PA now. now batting. Second baseman for the Altoona Curve. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Stump, what music comes on?
0: I I I saw Brett Souter in denver enter to the jurassic park theme song <laughs> i'll go to that one I'll go to that the one.
1: jurassic park theme song man yeah. you just you just saw elton john's final concert in la
0: yeah
1: and, and nothing know, from
0: but
1: yeah nothing Although, from elton
0: i mean like, i can come up with a ton of you know songs I, I feel well. like you'd
1: i feel like you would be perfect with tiny dancer
0: that's not walk-up music. Though. You can't just do a song. Like oh, okay. That's that's not walk-up
1: music. But uh, uh come on, man. Like some of these, like Rodolfo. I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna be the first person that I I don't know a lot of hip hop. I ha- I have my box that I stay in when it comes to hip hop. You know, but Rodolfo Castro's intro, like I I I loved it, but I have no clue what it was. It wasn't really walk-up music. It was more of like a. Something you know, tiny dancer or uh, Benny and the Jets or um, crocodile rock. There you go. Alex Stump comes out to crocodile rock.
0: You really want me to someone to come up to the come up to bat and it's just <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but I got you to do that on a live stream, yeah, so I mean, that's that's good, go. that's good Flip enough. That's good enough.
0: That's the promo. Right? There it is. That's
1: that's the Twitter. That's that's what we use on the Twitter. Uh, on the Twitter promo. That works. Uh, Just throwing it out there for me. It is uh, without a doubt. I've already thought about this. This was my warm up music. When I played ice hockey, Uh, I would put my headphones on. I'd run my headphones up through my, through my gear. And I'd have this on while I was taking my warm up laps. It was always, always Avenged Sevenfold. Shepherd of fire. If you don't know it, check it out the intro to that song it's got the bell toll and you went
0: with elton john for me
1: you seem like an elton john kind of guy i am i and it's I hey mean- listen i love elton john it's not a knock i'm just saying i i don't you don't strike me as a, a Mono Marth kind of guy like i can't I'm see not. you doing uh pursuit of vikings as your walk-up intro or or anything like that i can't see you coming out to biggie or tupac So I think Elton John is perfectly your lane. (laughs) Maybe something from uh, Rocky Horror.
0: (laughs) We'll (laughs) go with that. Sure. You got anything else to add? Just tell the whole world all <laughs> the inside jokes. Just tell the whole world the, all the inside no. jokes. But it's my cue to say, we're going to end this broadcast before Eddie starts giving my social security number out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thank you all so much for listening. We're going to talk next week after Eddie's done with his timeout.